So, as you've all been told and you've gathered, I am not Mother Nan. <laughs> if for no other reason you can tell, because I'm not wearing tennis shoes, <laughs> I'm wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> because I'm a Texan. I've been in Columbia for about seven months. My family and I moved here. Um, but Columbia will never be home. Right? So my kids are 10 and 8. I have two little boys. They're 10 and 8. And they live in three cities. My youngest is in third grade. He's gone to three elementary schools. My oldest is 10. He's lived in five houses in those three states. So for me, right, my mom still lives in the house I grew up in, right? My wife, her folks, my in-law still live in the house they moved to when she was in kindergarten. So for me, home is easy. It's 4012 Link Meadow Drive, Alito, Texas. And for my wife, home is easy. It's 4401 Livingston, Dallas, Texas. But where's home for my boys? Is it where they started school? Is it where their best friends are? Is it where we currently live? Is it where Gigi and Poppy live? Who knows? And my wife and I, it's easy. We know where we're from. But because of the career I've chosen, right, my kids won't have that. Hopefully now, we've guaranteed them we'll be here hopefully 10 years, right? <laughs> so hopefully they'll graduate from AC Flora High School and we've got it all mapped out. But we've done that several times in our family, and God has a funny sense of humor. <laughs> but but I, I say all this because for my eight-year-old, he's really sentimental, he's really emotional. But my ten-year-old is a typical ten-year-old boy, if, if there are any ten-year-old boys in here. They're awesome, but they're crazy. <laughs> I was once a ten-year-old boy. It's all out. But my eight-year-old, he's really, he's clingy, right? Like, he, he so he'll lie awake at night sometimes and we'll hear him. He's like, Mom, Dad, come up here. So we'll go upstairs and he'll be crying about something. Maybe he had a nightmare, maybe. But more often than not, he misses Mom. That's my mom. Or he misses Gigi and Poppy. That's my in-laws. Or he misses his friends. Or he misses his cousins. And so we'll talk and, and, and we'll say, Hey, bud. Right? Like we used to live in Houston, right? My in-laws and my my mom family are in Dallas. That's like four and a half hours, right? We could actually fly there from here quicker than we could drive from where we lived before. So I try to reason with an eight-year-old. Right? <laughs> right? Like, you're friends, right? Like, you made friends the first time we lived in Houston. Like, my elementary school-age kids had a first time they lived somewhere. Or you have friends from the time you lived in Virginia or the second time we lived in Or for my eight-year-old in particular, your best friend in the world lives a mile away. That's part of the reason we moved here, right? And he's still emotional. He's like, but Dad, I'm not from here. I'm a Texan. <laughs> he's still my beating heart. And I love it, right? Like, I, you know, the earlier service I got into it with some choir members because I said the barbecue comes from cows, right? Like, being a Texan is essential to my identity. But Paul says something different in today's reading. He talks about our citizenship, and it has nothing to do with Texas as much as I would want it to. 
What Paul says is our citizenship is in heaven. It is in heaven. That stuck with me this week as I read it. You know, because I think heaven is the far off plate, you know, like all this stuff. But what Paul is saying is our citizenship is in heaven. Not will be. Not maybe someday in the future. But right here, right now, our citizenship is in heaven. And so we, as, as a society, you know, as a culture, as a church, we, we can look at heaven one of two ways. And both these ways are true. Don't hear me saying anything about, not against this. But, but one way, the popular way, is, is heaven is somewhere up there. It's always up, right? Like we, the biblical writers weren't super concerned with like heaven as a real place that they would. But we, as a culture, it's up, right? And like my dad, two years ago this week, my dad Right? And so in those last weeks, right, it was real sudden. And so we had a lot of heart-to-heart conversations. And, and he would say, I'm ready to go home. Right? And so that's very real. That hope, that hope of heaven is somewhere where we're reunited with our loved ones, where we're in the presence of God. That's very real. You think of the African-American spirituals, right? They talk about this a lot. Home is a place of over the Jordan, or sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Because, right, if there's anyone in the American experience that needed the hope of something different, it was enslaved African Americans who, who sang these in the fields, right? Because they had that hope. They needed that hope. And so we have that hope. But what Paul's getting at is that it's not just a hope for the future. It's a hope for the here and the now. Because our citizenship is now in heaven. And we pray it every week. We will in a little bit. Right? It's one of the first things kids learn in the church by watching this. It's one of the first things the early church... Like the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, right? How do we pray? And Jesus said, you go to a quiet place. You say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when the disciples were looking at Jesus, so how how do we pray? How do we talk to God? How do we do it? What do we ask for? His response initially wasn't, let's hope that in the future we end up in the right place. Right? Because us coming here on time, sorry y'all, we aren't here today because we hope someday in the future we end up in the right place. That's part of the gift. But that's not why we're here. Because when we pray that prayer, it's a radical prayer, right? Because we are claiming our citizenship in heaven with Paul. And so when we pray that Lord's Prayer, we're saying, God, we want your kingdom, we want your reign, we want your presence here so real right now that we can't tell heaven from earth. And we see glimpses of that, right? Next week, y'all, it's this service, right? Y'all are going to have some baptisms, right? And that's, we sense that presence. In a baptism, there's a moment that we see heaven, right? There's some young people here at Camp Rabbit this weekend having an experience where they're glimpsing heaven. They're glimpsing community, they're glimpsing beauty, 
They're glimpsing God's love. The days my kids were born, right? Like most days don't feel like heaven with eight and ten-year-old boys. <laughs> I'm just being honest, right? This is a safe space. But when those nurses put them in my arms, I like I glimpsed heaven. In the adult Sunday school class, we talked about the parable of the, the banquet feast, right? We've all had those. Maybe it was your wedding. Maybe it was a Thanksgiving dinner you remember. Maybe it was something. You've had those feasts where you just sit around and just, you feel it. Everyone you love is here. The presence of God is here. It happens around food a lot. <laughs> Usually barbecue. <laughs> but we've had those moments where we feel God's presence. But we also have a hope for the future, right? Because Paul talks elsewhere in his writings that, that this vision, this reality of heaven right now is, is just a glimmer, it's just a glimpse. Paul talks about now we see in a mirror dimly, right? But someday we'll see fully. I didn't really get that, right? Like I was... I've had 2010 vision my whole life. Right? Seeing has never been a problem for me until I moved to South Carolina and I had to take the driver's exam, the eye exam, right? Like, I've never worried about this. I don't remember the last time I went to an eye doctor, right? Because I can always see. So I'm like, you know, I go in, I, you know, you put your head in that thing, the, the letters pop up, so I'm looking in there. I'm down there for an inordinate amount of time. I've got some starting to sweat. So I look up and I'm like, ma'am, um, I think your machine is broken. <laughs> I kid you not, that's what I said. And she looked at me like, I was crazy. <laughs> right? Because apparently my eyes, I'm 20, 30 now, whatever. You know, getting close to 40, apparently your autofocus stops to work. So now I see in a mirror dimly. I get what that means. And so we, if you wear glasses, you, you know what that experience is, right? Like, I can see generally. I'm not wearing glasses right now or contacts. So I see y'all. I know, like, I can tell the difference between people and all that. But if I were to put my glasses on, it would be crystal clear, right? And so now, here on Earth, we have these glimpses that, that we see a little bit of heaven. We see these moments. But it's dimmed. Because next Sunday, when y'all, the moment y'all are baptizing people, we in this room are going to glimpse heaven. But somewhere else, there's going to be someone that's begging for food. Right? Or the moment those nurses put my babies in my arms, I glimpsed heaven. But those same days, people buried love. Because in this life, we only get glimpses. In this life, we don't fully realize it as much as we want. But we get glimpses of it. And I think that's what Paul's getting at. That when he says our citizenship is in heaven, don't lose heart. Don't be overcome by this. But look forward and know that we've experienced it. Now, I read this morning that, that the synagogue in Pittsburgh, Tree of Life Synagogue, right, that made the news a couple months ago, 
they raised and collected a bunch of money and sent it to a mosque halfway around the world. Because those folks know what they're going through, right? And so here you have a glimpse of heaven. You have a glimpse of the people of God coming together, right? In our, our first reading today, when it's talking about Abraham and on all these descendants and, and this whole lineage, right? We're not the only people that claim that. Those folks in Pittsburgh claim that lineage. Those folks in Christ Church claim that lineage. And in the midst of this, this moment that it doesn't seem like we can see heaven very clearly, those two communities are showing us a glimpse of what the kingdom of God can look like. So there's going to come a day, I will go back to Texas eventually. Please, God, let me go back to <laughs> But not for 10 years, right? And there will come a day that God will call us home, right? And we'll, to go back to our popular culture perception, we'll walk past the pearly gates, we'll say hi to St. Peter. I, that's nowhere in Scripture. I don't know where people about that. But, but you know, you, you check in and you walk in and we're going to look around and we're going to see these banquets. Right? We're going to see these celebrations of life. We're going to see these celebrations of love. We're going to see this, this wholeness, this completeness, this, this total love. And my hope, Paul's hope in this writing, Jesus' hope in teaching his disciples to pray, that we'll experience that here and now, is that when we are there, on the other side of the Jordan, We'll look around and we'll see this presence of God. We'll say, man, I feel like I've seen this before.